Uh, how about your dick, Chris? Rip roaring, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> they say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 22 of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing? I woke up feeling a little bit fat today, Chris. Welcome to my life. Um, does this have anything to do with the blog post that you wrote out on the Patreon? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, so so you guys uh, who aren't familiar, we have a Patreon page. Uh, you, you can pay money and you can you can see a little bit more. Five dollars. Yeah, yeah, not much. I write blog posts once in a while and we do a lot of solo podcasts and Actually, we wanted to mention that we're going to do a, um, a Patreon giveaway. We've been getting a lot of great feedback, and we really want to keep that going. We want to encourage the viewers to engage. So if you guys have something that we can go off of, you can ask us a question or you can comment, something that we can go off of. And uh, three people that contact us with something that we can go off of, uh, we'll pick the best three, and we'll give you a free month of Patreon. And you can see all the exclusive bullshit we're putting out. Does that, does that sound right, Chris? It does sound right, and it, it's kind of scary that it's it's growing a bit because um, we get we, we get really personal on there, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And in the blog post Chris referenced, yeah, I basically just kind of I got really personal and said that I'm not doing as great as I was currently, and and feeling fat is part of it. I'm just I've been slipping up a little bit lately. It seemed like a very quick switch with you, too, because I I think the blog post you posted before that, or no, 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 it was one of the singly negative episodes you did, and you were talking about how, like, you're doing so well that, like, all you're thinking about is that it's going to end, and fast forward, it, it felt like a week, like a week, maybe two, and now you're, like, back to, like, feeling like garbage. Yeah, well, yeah, it sucks. It does happen like that, too. And it's kind of weird timing because a couple of my friends here, too, also started feeling like garbage. And we're kind of like being open with each other. And we all kind of had the same feeling of malaise. Like, it's just I think it has to do with lockdown, actually. I know it's not interesting that I'm living here in Bali, but um, we, we've we've gone through a, a lockdown. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, man. I'm never going to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah only the people that have been here for a while will get that but no i love it it's it's a good recurring joke and it's going to be nice for the loyal listeners that understand it yeah um they they imposed a lockdown a couple weeks ago and my gym was still open so that's a big part of my daily routine man like almost every day i go to the gym with my my friend matt here But the lockdown means that we can't do that anymore and we can't do a lot of the things that I was doing. And uh, yeah, you know, the the lockdown, it's funny, you know, before when I was here and the rest of the world was locked down, but Bali wasn't, I was like, haha, it sucks that your life sucks, but mine's still fine. And now it's kind of the opposite. Like you guys are fine. And now, I don't know, it kind of sucks here. So I think that's having a big effect. And I mean, there's other stuff too, but I'm I'm not I'm not gonna kill myself, but I'm just not feeling as great as I was. Yeah, and like having that thing that you go to every day, like that's part of your schedule. I think uh, it's so important. Being on a regimented schedule is so important, and you just feel like more accomplished. I feel like when I'm not on mm-hmm. a regimented schedule, and I don't have something I'm working towards, I'm just sitting in limbo, not improving. Probably what. Uh, 
not improving, but I was going to say deproving. <laughs> I have a a track record of, of making up words. So I guess I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I'm deproving. Uh, I love so, your words, Chris. So that's, uh, that's what I f- – yeah. And you know what? I want to defend myself with the predisposed. <laughs> you can't. It's thing. indefensible. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No. Hear me out. Pre – like if you think predisposition, is that even – Am Dude, I making up more I, words? I get why it happened, but you can't like say it's a word. Just <laughs> yeah, predisposition. Predisposition is a word, Chris. Yes. Whatever. Moving on. Predisposed is not. But I think I was just caught. I, yeah, I, got, I put me... myself in a mental pretzel. There. That's it. What reminds I me of I put um... myself in a mental pretzel. I was with uh, I was with Steve, Dave, and Derek in Vegas, and we were walking around, and there might have been alcohol involved, but uh, for some reason, Steve just said, uh, uh, he said, "Rip skate cheap off." He calls it like someone didn't want to spend money, and he said, "Rip skate cheap off." <laughs> he just combined two phrases and just butchered both of them at the same time. He's famous for that. But yeah, you're you're getting into Steve's territory these days. You're getting you're giving us one new word a week. It's like a new segment. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I'll continue to do that. Yeah, we'll have Pop Psych 101, we'll have Not the Onion, and uh, Made Up Chris Word. When I'm not on the regimented <laughs> schedule, and I'm not... It's better that way. I don't have a goal in mind. I feel like I'm deproving. Yeah, so that's probably what you're feeling right now. You 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 finished this... You were working on uh, Small Off, which, for those of you who are not familiar, it's a program in the gym designed to increase your bench press. So you start... And it's an absolutely brutal program. I've done it before. Kyle has just done it recently. He sees a lot of progress. He's got that high. He can't wait to keep going. All of a sudden, boom, lockdown. Exactly. Now you have in your head, am I going to lose all the progress I just made? I was finally hitting like a nice stride and now it's coming to a halting stop and I'm going to have to start over. So it's... um. It's discouraging. It sucks, man. That, that's exactly it. And, you know, I, Matt's the guy I go to the gym with all the time. So we talk about this type of thing. And I think the gym's only been closed for like 10 days. It hasn't been that long. But like only like four days after it closed, I was telling him, like, I feel like I've lost all my progress. And that's completely irrational. That that can't happen in four days. But it just feels like that because you have such momentum and then you stop and then it just it just feels like it's all going to go away and my life is going to spiral into the toilet yeah and it's it's tough to get yourself out of that hole because honestly when it comes to something like lifting it's a skill that deteriorates fast if you're not consistent not to like throw salt in the wound here you are and make it sound like hey kyle you know you have every right to be upset no but i mean like if you take a couple days off even a week off you'll feel weak for like i don't know even a couple days but once you get back into the groove you get it back pretty quick and you know that in your head, too, because you've been doing this for a while. I do. So that's what you got to remember. I do, yeah. It's more about the day-to-day momentum. It's more about the day-to-day momentum because lifting is one thing, but that thing, and you've kind of already touched on this, but just to make it even clearer, that one part of my day, and it's usually the start of my day, it influences the rest of my day, too. So I get out of the gym, and then I'm kind of feeling good about myself, and then it carries over. and. And I've tried to, you know, make a, a suitable replacement with running on the beach, but it's just not the same. Um, I'm usually doing it alone instead of with Matt. So it's I've just lost something temporarily. I know I don't I don't want to bitch too much, but 
I, I've lost a cornerstone of my life in the last couple of weeks. And uh, if I was to guess, I would say that that's a big part of it. And and then I'm sure you know this too, but when you lose something that's very positive like that, it's very easy to use it as an excuse to take a break. And then when you take a break, you start ordering more food that might not be healthy for you. And then that's how you get fat. And yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm locked down. Yeah, I'm locked down. I'm going to drink a little more. What else am I going to do? And then that becomes your habit. That replaces the habit of going to the gym. I feel like it's very easy to do that, where you replace one habit with another, especially in a situation like lockdown. Like, I was a fat piece of shit during lockdown. Not saying I'm not a fat piece of shit right now, reference a couple episodes ago. Hey, big guy. But, um, yeah, it's easy to just develop new bad habits, especially in a situation where you're locked down. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Okay, so we had some technical difficulties there. Um, But what I was saying before the internet connection dropped, um, replacing that good habit you have at the gym with a bad habit. And it's easier to do that bad habit typically, right? You don't have to go anywhere to do it. So in this case, I know you mentioned in the post, like you've been drinking more than you usually have. Is that correct? Yeah, that's spot on, Chris. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that is uh, a byproduct of the other thing. Probably. Probably it's like drinking's always an option and there's always people that want to do it. But it feels like it was more recently. Like I counted and it was four nights out of seven one week. And that's just too much for me personally. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm not I'm not a spring chicken anymore. That That has that has effects. So I haven't drank in a few nights now, but uh, that was definitely bringing me down a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I think the important thing for you to do, I mean, you're in lockdown right now. So me personally, I'll give you a free pass. Okay. But the second that lockdown breaks, you got to get back in the gym, doing what you were doing, get that good habit back because you had that momentum, you had that regimented schedule. And I think since it was recent that you had that schedule and you were busting your ass, that it will be easy to pick that back up. So you can't let it drift for too long. Thank you for the kick in the ass, Chris. Yeah. And it it is just, uh, it it is a number of habits that need to be kept up to even when the gym isn't there. Like I let meditation slip too. It's just, they all seem to go together for me. If one slips, the rest slip. I I don't know if that's the case for you too. 100%. Like if I'm, dieting i'm meditating more as well i'm also like i have a more regimented skin routine as kooky as that sounds like i am just overall more more on the ball it's just momentum man it's like as cliche as that is is, i don't know how many times we've talked about it but it really is momentum it's like it's either going in the right direction or it's going in the wrong direction and if it's going in the wrong direction you got to stop it or it's going to get worse and worse because it's so easy to snowball it's you can snowball in both ways but it's easier to snowball in a negative direction and it's on you to pull yourself out of that it certainly is chris you're right so so um that that reminds me like i don't know if you wanted to transition into this yet but uh you started therapy didn't you yes and i wanted to bring this up because you had said, oh, you're feeling fat and you're feeling down. So my first therapy session, I've gone to two so far since we've last talked. The first one, I was very honest about how I felt about myself 
as far as like the body imaging things. And I told my therapist flat out, there are times where I look in the mirror and I say to myself, you're a, you're a fat piece of shit. And I get really, really down on myself. And her response, she looked at me like kind of like baffled, like, would you say that to a friend? I said, no. She said, would you say that to a stranger? I said, no. She said, so why are you treating yourself that way? And as simple mm. as that sounds, I wasn't like consciously trying to keep that in my mind throughout the week. But fast forward to over the weekend, there was a picture of me taken with my wife and I. A few like out was out with friends. And I saw myself and I was okay with the way I looked. I saw myself in the picture and I was like, I'm I'm really beating myself up myself up over this for no reason. Like I'm I'm very much okay with myself. And it like clicked with me when I saw the picture of myself and I went, oh, you're okay. Like, it's not as bad as you're painting it out in your head. Like, you have to accept yourself, but also find that balance, right? So, I don't know. It just, it helped a lot. And I didn't expect to get that right away from my first therapy session. So, do you think if you had seen that same picture before the therapy session that you wouldn't have had that same reaction? impossible to say right but i don't know i i maybe i would have picked it apart a little more but um i had a few drinks i was feeling confident that night one thing i was always self-conscious about was uh my chest hair i am not a hairless man correction i'm not a hairless boy i'm a goddamn man one thing i was always self-conscious about i was drunk feeling good what did i do i was wearing a button up i took one of the fucking buttons down kyle why because this is me baby this is what you get. That's so funny, dude. Like we talked earlier in the in the body image podcast about how one person's insecurity might be nothing to someone else. Like, I mean, I'm not as much of a man as you, but I got some chest hair and I never had a problem with it. I don't think I would have a problem if I had a bunch of it. I, I don't I don't see why that's an insecure thing. But I'm not I'm not trying to minimize it for you. But it's just it's just interesting. Yeah, for me, like for a while, like even when I was like super skinny, if I I wouldn't take my shirt off. Like, I'd go to the beach and keep, like, a shirt on for the most part until I got, like, comfortable with the people I was with. And then I'd be thinking about it the whole time when I was shirtless. And it's a sign of virility. It's a sign of high T, high testosterone, buddy. You should be proud of that. Speaking of high T, Kyle, how's your dick? <laughs> <laughs> we someone, request, someone requested the dick check-ins come back. And I'm so glad for that because it was one of my favorite things. And I knew that you... You wanted to go more mainstream and you wanted to phase it out. And it's one of the biggest grudges I hold against you, Chris. But I am so... You're going to point the finger at me? I am. Absolutely, dude. If you if anyone goes back and listens to the old episodes, they'll know that I was 100% on the dick train and you wanted to hop off the dick train. You always wanted to phase it out. And I never wanted to phase it you out. You would be on the dick train. You would. I, I certainly would, Chris. That's a terrible sentence. I, I was on the dick train. You wanted to hop off the dick. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we're going to bring it back as a request from one of our, our most loyal listeners, friend of the program. Not mm. even a listener. She's a friend of the program. She certainly is, yeah. And uh, she has a direct interest in my dick. Um, so tell her about it. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, she knows better than anyone that my dick is having some good times these days. Um, I, re I really can't complain about the state of my dick. It, it does what I want it to. And um, yeah, he's, he, he's being a good dude. Well, I'm glad to hear he's not being neglected. And he's doing what he has to. Oh yeah, he's he's up for the task, and he's been he's been tasked. So I really can't complain. Uh, how about your dick, Chris? 
Rip roaring, ready to go. I haven't been taking the dick pills. <laughs> I, 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 um, I ran out. I need to get more. But um, That sounds so strange to new listeners, by the way. I haven't been taking the dick pills. <laughs> yeah, so if you're just joining us, mm-hmm. uh, let me paint the picture for you. Let, let me take you there. When we first started, I work at a company that provides supplements we manufacture supplements not it's not like a dick pill company okay it's a company that manufactures (laughs) supplements mainly krill oil i work in it there and i have the privilege to um take any supplements that are within a year of expiring because they can't send them out to stores so i can grab uh supplements from next door i saw testosterone pills i grabbed some i said hey kyle you want any of these and that turned into us doing weekly dick check-ins with each other and um yeah it went away when was the last time we did that like i want to say like episode six i don't know man um it's been quite a while yeah it has been a while but yeah and i haven't been happy about that yeah so for all you day ones dick check-ins are fucking back yeah, to, to provide some context uh, for those who might not be familiar, may, maybe maybe women who aren't familiar with the way dicks work, or or maybe guys that have just been blessed with a very consistent dick, but your dick isn't always there. There's a little bit of variance in the way your dick works. Like I, I think we, be, we began talking about it in the context of morning wood, so to speak, yep. and uh, you know sometimes it's it's not there. And uh, I mean, mine's not always there, even though my dick's doing well these days. I don't, I don't always get that. It's, it's just like a person, right? It has its good days and it has its bad. Sure, exactly. And in, in good months and bad months. And sometimes in the past, I haven't been entirely up to the task. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, my, my dick check-in lately, it's been up to the task. And it's been, uh, as, as you said, rip-roaring ready to go. I like that. That's, that's, that's true for me, too. So. Yeah. Rip roaring ready to go. Um, so I must ask, I, I think if we're going to, you know, go a little further with these dick check-ins. We should. Um, yeah. So I think it has a lot to do with your mood in general and your happiness level. Mm. So your dick has been, you know, firing on all cylinders recently. <laughs> That's because you've been in such a good mood. But this last week, like I said, there was a switch. How's your dick been this last week specifically? Totally fine. Yeah. Um, hopefully, is it, it isn't like a delayed reaction. Like, hopefully, my dick doesn't catch up to my mood and then it just starts hiding. Yep. But no, that that actually, that I, I think that's a, a fair point to make because, okay, so I, I think it works like this too, especially let, let's go further with the dick check-ins, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with your confidence too. And, and if, if we're talking about sex specifically, um, there's a lot of psychological factors there. So let's say you're not feeling so good about yourself and you're not feeling so confident. You might be in your head more when you're getting down to business. And if, if you're in your head more and you're, and you're more self-conscious, that could have a direct impact on your dick. And uh, I have to say I've been lucky that that has not been the case so far, but uh, that, that, would be, that would be unfortunate. As a friend, if you're ever feeling not confident, Shoot me over a dick pic, and I'll um I'll I'll boost your ego a bit if you want. I'll, well, I'll... I've been doing that anyway. You you haven't been getting my dick pics? No, no. I think you got the wrong number. Oh shit! <laughs> it's it's you're been sending a... them to like some Chris from high school that you forgot to delete out of your contacts or something. <laughs> it's been several a day. I. I... <laughs> 
<laughs> like way too many dick pics. Like you were taken back that I hadn't asked you to slow uh, down yet. I, I was a little bit worried that you weren't <laughs> replying. Yeah. Like Kyle, I'm at church. You can't be sending me this. <laughs> Not no, a church goer. No, no thank you for that. It, it really makes me feel good to know that, like, all, all jokes aside, it makes me feel good to know that you're here for me and my dick, and uh, I'm, I'm here for you and your dick too, buddy. As a friend that's completely comfortable with his sexuality, yeah, I have no problem judging your dick if you want. Uh, maybe cut this out, Jake. Maybe leave it in. I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're having a silly goose time tonight. That's that's it. Um, we came back with the dick check-ins in a big way, a big strong way, rip roaring, ready to go away. I'm happy. We about went it. from like, okay, so yeah, I'm feeling like shit, and oh, I went to therapy for the first time. To how's your dick? Send me a picture. I'll tell you that it's awesome. <laughs> and that's what you can expect from doub- doubly negative. If you're a new listener, you get pop psych 101. You get Chris's misspelled words, misspelled, mispronounced words. <laughs> Kid can't speak. Kid cannot speak. And you get dick check-ins. And so, hey, it, the, the, the Patreon is all about providing more content. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything directly, but what do you think is on the Patreon, guys? <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not going to say I will, but if you're a $20 subscriber, you might get a dick pic. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's 20 I don't know if it's 50 I mean, send it over and we'll, we'll, we'll talk turkey. <laughs> yeah okay so back to therapy yeah i found it very beneficial the first uh the first time and i had my second appointment uh today and we talked uh you know i'll drop a bomb here we talked baby stuff oh okay so not that we're trying for a baby currently but obviously one of my main goals i, I want to be a dad and for my wife michelle for those of you who know her um she wants to be a mom. I turned 30 in seven days. Mm-hmm. Not that my clock's ticking, but because um, I could pop them out at 60 if I want. That's just what guys, that's, we have the privilege. Men are superior. Continue. Cut that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, um, I have a problem when it comes to... Um, this is gonna sound silly, but I have I'm like a I'm a helicopter parent already, and I don't have a kid, and it's with uh, my dog. Mm. And I mean, one of the first things I told my therapist was how I think I have like PTSD from mine and Michelle's first dog. He had leptospirosis at like two years old, and then he died, and it was one of the most crushing things that I've ever been through. Absolutely awful. I still think about it all the time. Awful. Can't get it out of my head, no matter how hard I try. So now with my current dog, anytime he coughs, whimpers, I think dead, done. Like I, I and I don't think it, it started with my dog, my first dog. I think it started with how my mom treated me when I was a child. Um, she passed her anxieties on to me. And that was one thing that we talked about today where we, we create these anxieties in our children by passing them on to them, right? Because that's a learned behavior. From a young age, um, you kind of see, okay, oh, they're worried about this. This is the person that like feeds me, like they're responsible for me. This is like my idol, right? This is the person that cares for me. Like they, I believe everything they say. And I'm sure you've experienced that too. Like, I mean, a lot of people can relate to that with their family. 
No, am I crazy for thinking that? Like when you're young, you're like No, let me uh let me jump in with a yeah. quick example before you proceed. Um my mom was always very particular about being on time for things. I especially remember movies. Like we had to be if if the movie was at five o'clock, we had to be there for four fifty. And like if we weren't ready, she would start getting more and more anxious. And the, and I absolutely experienced that today, even in Bali, especially a place where people like we don't make it a point to be on time. It's really not a big deal if you're late. I hate being late. And I know that comes from childhood, from that experience. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, like, my mom was a very anxious person and she was a little bit of a helicopter parent with me, which, I mean, if you've listened to my singly negative episodes, Patreon subscribers, shout out, um, you know that changed. <laughs> um, but I I have these anxieties now for the, the things that I take care of so one of my main concerns when thinking about having kids is you know passing these this this on to my offspring so i don't want to be that helicopter parent so i'm having a hard i'm going to have a hard time finding a balance of being nervous when it's you know warranted and you know being like more calculated about it rather than flipping out and imagining worst case scenario so we talked about that a lot today Okay. And um, in, in general, that seems to be helping. Do you, do you find therapy productive so far? Yeah, so far, definitely. It's, um, I didn't know like what to expect going in, right? So I, I've, I've been leading most of the conversations. And at first I was like, why am I leading these conversations? But I mean, I, had, like, I realized like, okay, this person doesn't know much about me at all. So she needs to learn about me a little bit before she can start making her judgments and asking me questions about these things that I've been bringing up over a couple of weeks. Because uh, Nick had said in the last episode, you need to learn about this person first before you can actually make a judgment on how to treat what they're going through. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how inappropriate it would be if you sat down in the first session and she would just say, hey, you're not fat. And I'm like, yes, I am. Look at this picture of me. I was fucking shredded. <laughs> I used to be shredded. Yeah, she she can't, <laughs> she can't just she can't just guess what your issues are. So yeah, of course you have to talk about it first. Yeah, and you know, I got I got, was like super caught off guard because personally, I think I deal with my issues pretty well on my own. And I don't know if that's me being like just ignorant, but I think I do a pretty good job of handling these things but obviously as far as like me being a helicopter parent even with my dog i'm pretty self-aware of my shortcomings and you know what speaking of self-aware sorry to branch off a bit but i brought up that uh bo burnham quote like being self-aware doesn't excuse you from being an asshole or what was the exact right. quote was that it that sounds exactly like it yeah, yeah but i brought that up in therapy today <laughs> i also brought up the free will conversation that me and you had in the first one. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because we were talking about like nature versus nurture and a lot of the things we were talking about um, kind of centered around like you having these ideas based on like where you got them from like your family or the environment you grew up in. So like I, I kind of picked her brain a bit on the whole free will conversation. She definitely doesn't agree with that, right? She can't. She was a little like, huh. I, I think it uh, like kind of like piqued her interest a bit. But I don't think she was fully mm. on board. Yeah, I think, um, well, I don't know. We don't have to delve too deep into the free will thing again. But I think therapists in general, like Nick didn't like it, I could tell. I think it comes from this idea that we have to have control over our actions if therapy is going to work. 
But I wouldn't even agree with that because it, the, therapy is just another thing. <sighs> yeah, I don't want to delve too deep into it, but yeah, we don't have to. Yeah, because therapists are not going to be on board with that probably in general. No, but overall, I vibe really well with this woman. Like even like. I don't want to say like too much. I'm doing it again. I thought I improved, but I haven't. Um, so we were just talking and like we ended up talking about like, oh, TV shows that we liked. And it was just like we were just drifting off and like having like just natural conversation while also peppering in some of my problems. So overall, I felt really comfortable and I vibe really well with this therapist. So um, I'm definitely I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to it every week, even if it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'd rather go play FIFA. I know I'm going to benefit more from doing these sessions every week. That's great, dude. Um, so what about the actual, you know, you know like is me, who I, I haven't started yet. One of the things I'm worried about is the cost. Um, so, so what are you doing? Are you using insurance or are you paying out of pocket? What are you doing? So I have insurance. So I have a $30 copay every week. So it's $30 a session. Now... I'm actually working for a website that specializes in therapy, and I just wrote, uh, well, I edited an article about is therapy covered by insurance. Did you know that in order to do that, um, she has to actually diagnose you with something? Yeah, Nick was saying that last episode. Yeah, right, right. That's right. Yeah, so did she talk about that with you, or did that come up? No, it hasn't yet. I mean, I think maybe because it's so new that she's working on that diagnosis. Right. I think she has to do it right away. I, th I think the very first claim has to be put in with a diagnosis. So she she might have already done that. You should ask her about that. You know what? Maybe I will. I'll start off next uh, next week and say, so I know the whole thing with insurance blah, 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 and see where it goes from there. But um, that's so fucked up to me. That is so fucked up. Even hearing Nick say it for the first time, I was like, are you like, yeah, you're forced to diagnose someone with something. And I think that's where the whole prescription pills things argument comes in, where it's like, are you forcing this because you felt like you needed to provide a diagnosis and based off of best practices, if you have this diagnosis, you should be subscribed this or prescribed this, subscribed, subscribe, download, like the podcast, <laughs> prescribe this. Yeah, it, it changes the whole lens of the entire thing. Um, I feel like it loses some validity. But it, it, it might. But if that's just something she's used to, and, and like Nick, she's not, she's not subscribing medicine. She's not prescribing medicine anyway. It was a subliminal message, so, Kyle. Get behind it. <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe not because it's just part of the process that she just, she just kind of has to play the game with the insurance companies. So maybe that's what she always does and it doesn't inform her decisions. But yeah, it is kind of bullshit the the way the whole thing works the whole system yeah for sure i mean we've talked about this before like i've always been like anti like taking medicine if you don't need it but like part of me is also mm. like what if i took this and i just felt like normal do you ever feel that way yes like what if i could like it, it is easy to just take that magic pill and these are it could be these are magic pills like they take away your anxiety they take away your depression they boost your serotonin like i've always been anti that but at the same time i'm like man i'd probably be a much better version of myself if i was taking this i think for me um well most people are probably going to be hesitant to do that and then you hear and read so many stories about when it didn't work and personally i have heard a couple stories when it really did work um i know someone personally who did it and it really helped them 
and they were able to get off the medication later. And then I also know of a comedian, Ari Shafir, who was deep in depression and then he took them and it helped him get out of it and then he never needed it again. So there absolutely are success stories, but I know of more stories where it didn't really work. So yeah, I think like you, if I'm not in a situation where like I really need it, I would be very hesitant and probably just reject it. But if I did really need it, I, I would do it too. So it's it's uh it's a touchy thing. Here's my thing, right? So both of us know what we have to do to feel better, right? We both know mm-hmm. what makes us happy, what makes us not depressed, how to stay out of these moods, but we still default back to those things that put us in this perpetual state of, I wouldn't say misery, but like not, you know, doing the right things. We default to the things that aren't going to make us feel good. Mm-hmm. Do you think we need something? Are we the type of people, like, I've always thought that I'm above it. Like, I, I don't need that. I know I have the tools. But the th- I have the tools, but I'm not using them. Right. Well, this goes back to stuff we've talked about before, but it, it depends on how difficult it is for you to do those things. And... For me, in in the blog post and in the Singly Negative, I've mentioned that last month it was really easy for me to do those things. And now I'm feeling a little bit worse, but I can still do those things with a bit of a push. If this trajectory continues, it could be damn near impossible for me to do those things. And I don't think that's through some weakness on my side. I I think it would have to do with some some mental thing. So if it became absolutely impossible for me to do those things and it snowballed completely in that direction, I think medication might be logical. So what I'm trying to get at here is that we know what to do, but how hard is it to do those things? And I think you've been there in in that situation that I'm talking about. Does it get impossible for you to do those things? Are you sitting at home when you know you should go to jujitsu and you just can't do it? In that situation, that might be the push you need. It's like just digging you out of that hole a little bit. Then you can do it by yourself and then and then maybe you could get off of it. And I know I'm not really qualified to say this, but that's kind of my understanding of what it does. Um, and I, I don't think I'm there yet at that point. But if, if this downward trajectory for me continued, then it would be something that I would think about. Yeah, for sure. And like Nick had touched on a lot last episode, like it's circumstantial, right? Like knowing somebody for a short amount of time, diagnosing them as something isn't logical because it could be circumstantial. And I feel like a lot of the times I'm in those modes, it is circumstantial. Mm -hmm. So is it even possible to be medicated circumstantially? Is that a word? Did I just make up another one? No, you're good on that Circumstantially, yeah. Is it is it logical to do that? Yes, to a degree. I, I think, and again, I know I'm not qualified to say this, but I think it has to do with severity and duration. So how long has it been like that? If it's if you've been feeling shitty for a week, then just relax, dude. You know, see, maybe maybe it'll get better. If you've been that way for a month or two months or three months, and you can't seem to get out of it, then it might be appropriate. And when you say circumstantially, like, is there a real concrete reason for you to be feeling like that? Did you just break up? Did you move? 
did someone die well then yeah man it's just like you're processing but and like i've i've been very open about this in the past like i've been through a few periods where there was nothing like that and for three four five six months i just felt like absolute shit maybe maybe it would have been better for me in those instances to go on medication maybe i could have gotten out of it sooner it's really impossible to say but that's the type of situation i think when it's been going on for a long time and you start to feel really like shit and then if you start having those really dark thoughts like it would just be better to end it all then you're in a situation where it it becomes a real option I mean, the medication not ending at all. Yeah, yeah. And I can say personally, I've never been in a situation, no matter how bad my situation is, I've never thought of like, okay, ending it all would be easier. Like, I always feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I've never defaulted to, okay, can always do this if I need to. I've thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, never never to the point where I was like making plans or anything, but yeah, like when I've gotten really deep into those holes, the one of the biggest problems in those holes is that you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You just say, "Well, this is this is my life now, and this sucks." And waking up every day is pain, and every day is pain, and then when I want to go to sleep, I can't even sleep because the depression won't let me sleep. So that's pain too. And uh, and you've been in that downward spiral spiral for so long, you just don't you don't believe in yourself anymore. And then you start to have those thoughts. It's like, oh man, I just wish this was over. And uh, yeah, I've, I I get that headspace. So maybe I I kind of lied a little bit. There. Not lied, but I always try to. I don't know if I've ever felt like it. I've all, like I mean there obviously have been times where I've been like oh it'd be easier if I just didn't exist anymore right because there's a lot of things that can pile on your plate and you think there's no way to get out of it like there's absolutely no way like you have no security blanket you have no nothing to fall back on and I mean I have felt that way before where it's like is it even worth doing what I'm doing currently with what I have ahead of me like, do I want to do this? But I, I mean, I guess I've been in the same headspace you have where you feel like just helpless. That's a, It's a helpless feeling. Yeah. And um, I think I hope you don't mind me saying this, Chris, but I, I've noticed a tendency you have to kind of just say, I'm fine. Like I, you, you said earlier, like, I, I can deal with this. I'm good at dealing with my problems and everything. And I think that's true to an extent because, of course, you know, we've we've made it this far and we're doing all right. So it is true to an extent. But I, I think it's also something that I wrote about in that Patreon blog post where and we've also discussed this in earlier episodes, but we want to seem strong and we don't want people to worry about us. We want to project confidence. So I think there is a temptation to minimize our own problems. And I I think you do that. And I I do that too. But if we're more honest with ourselves, we can say, yeah, I deal with it and I'm fine. But you can also admit like, I'm not really fine. Like I'll I'll get out of it, but I'm not fine. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? 100%. And there was one thing in that blog post that I read that really stuck out with me. And it was you saying that you're projecting like you're fine and mentioning that mm. you feel vulnerable talking about not being fine. Yeah. And this sounds like corny. I, I hate bringing it up, but there's this one song by Juice World that sticks with me. And one of the lyrics, he says, um, this is the part where I tell you I'm fine, but I'm lying because I don't want anybody to hurt me. 
And I, I immediately thought of that lyric when I read what you said in that blog. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I also put a little bit earlier than that, a thought that I never really articulated before, but I think it's important. And it was, it was me being vulnerable too. It's so easy to say I've been depressed in the past. It's so much harder to admit that you're not feeling good in the moment for that same reason. You, cause you, you, you project this, you look, you feel like you, you feel stronger. Like I got through it. Like, oh yeah, I've, I've dealt with depression. I'm good now. Like, oh, how did you overcome this? Like you're like, you know, I need help from you. You want people to like seek advice from you. Like, what did you do to get out of this? Because you've done it. You've been through it. Exactly. Yeah. And um, just a side note for anyone who might not be feeling this way, but you know someone who is feeling this way, maybe a close friend or significant other, you don't have to do anything. If someone tells you they're not feeling great, like maybe they're depressed or, or whatever, there is a tendency to try to jump in and say, oh, well, what's wrong? Like, have you tried this? Or what, what do you need help with? But that's not really the point, especially if you're not a professional or something like that. For, for me, if I'm, if I'm expressing that, like I am expressing that now, I'm not, I'm not feeling so great. That's not a cry for help. That's just me being honest. And for me, the best thing that somebody could do would just be listen and, and be there and, and supportive and say, well, I'm here for you no matter what. I'm here for you if you're feeling good or if you're not feeling good. I'm not looking for any advice. If you tell me not to eat sugar, well, go fuck yourself. I already know that. Don't tell me to exercise. I already know that. I don't need that shit. And you don't need to start picking apart my problems because I've already done that a million times in my own brain. So yeah, just being supportive is enough. I know it's tempting and I know you're trying to do something helpful by doing more, but that's not what's necessary. It's not what's, it's not what's necessary but like as someone that's gone through depression i i try to understand why these people that are supporting me are offering these things cuz like you said they're not professionals they're not qualified to deal with something like this so rather than mm-hmm. get upset with them i try to understand okay that's them doing what they can their advice isn't helping me at all like they're just giving me information i already know but that's them putting in an effort to try to make me feel better. And I appreciate that. Of course. And then that's why I kind of just said that. I'm, I'm not outwardly saying fuck you when somebody says yeah. something like that. Maybe you I'm should exercise saying, more. Um, Go fuck yourself. Go fuck <laughs> yourself, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, depending on how close the person is, I might say that <laughs> um, if they can take it. But I'm just saying <clears throat> you can you can kind of tell or or maybe maybe you can't. But if the person asks for advice or or you could even say well do you want some advice then it's appropriate but if 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 you ask me how i'm feeling and i say well i'm not so good that's not an open invitation to start giving me your self-help bullshit uh that that's all i'm saying yeah and i agree and the tough thing with like depression and stuff um when someone asks what's wrong you don't always have an answer for it Exactly. Like I, I don't I don't know. All I know is I couldn't get out of bed today and I didn't want to do anything and every text I got I ignored because I just didn't have the want to associate myself with anybody. Exactly. Yeah. And that um that reminds me of what we were talking about earlier. You wanna project this image of being okay and it also reminds me of just the pr- perspective I think I think especially in the West, I can only really speak to the West, but we only look at things in terms of problems and solutions. 
Um, if you're not feeling good, that must be a problem and there must be a solution. But it doesn't always have to be like that. And that's that's not really always appropriate. It's sometimes it's more appropriate to just hear a problem and understand it. And actually going back to the same thing I was talking about earlier, like I'm working for this um, website that provides the same kind of help that Nick does. There was this big article about marriage counseling and in one of the central, it, it was a story about a couple and their central problem was the woman would express her problems and she wouldn't feel heard or understood by her husband because the first thing he said was, oh, well, you should fix it like this. You should do this. He would go into fixing mode when really what she wanted was to be heard and understood. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to understand, ironically, use that word again. You don't always need to fix something for someone. Just just hearing it and being supportive is is often more appropriate. Yeah, just being there for that person when they're feeling that way. And I'm guilty of that too. Like, oh, you're feeling this way, you should do this, 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 and this. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. You can get through it this way. And that's not always what someone is looking for. And I've learned that, honestly, recently. Because I I was very guilty of trying to be the fixer. Like, oh, I have the solution. This is what I do. If you do this, you'll feel fine. Because I feel fine when I do it. And it's not coming from a malicious place. And I've had this conversation with someone who was kind of seeking just that understanding. And I was approaching them with solutions. So once I realized, okay, like they're not looking for solutions. They're just looking for comfort. And if I can just provide that comfort for however long I'm, I'm doing what they want, what they need, really. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, um, and, and again, we should just restate, like we've done this and we understand why this is the temptation. You're just trying to help, but it's, it's, it's condescending because you're coming at it from a place of knowledge. And also, it's not even true. For example, if, if someone tells me they're not feeling good and I tell them to meditate, that'll fix it. That is my best advice, but it's actually not true because it doesn't always work for me. It doesn't work for everybody. It might not click with... No. Yeah. And it doesn't even like, it doesn't always work for me. If I'm feeling really down or something, that's not a quick fix. So you're coming at it from a position where you know more and you have the answer, but neither of those are true. You don't know more in many cases and you don't have the answer because you don't fully understand what they're going through. So you really, it's just better to hear them out. And also you might, you might stop them from expressing everything if you go into fixer mode. They, they might tell you 10% and then you go into fixer mode and not tell you the remaining 90%. Where if you just say, oh, okay, I, I understand. Then they'll tell you more. And that's really going to be more productive. I mean, I mean, what is therapy, right, Chris? You're sitting down and you're telling her something and then she's letting you go deeper. What if she just jumped in and said, well, I have the answer for you. It's called Xanax. You're not going to go deeper with her. You're just going to say, oh, well, she doesn't even want to hear my problems. She just wants to throw a solution at me when that's not even really what you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I've had someone in my life that is no longer in it where I would be feeling down. They were like, you need this, this and this. And then I wouldn't do what they were suggesting, and then they would just get mad at me for it, mm-hmm. get actually mad at me for it, and it made me resent that person. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think part of this perspective for me has been not only understanding the reasons why it's better to just listen to somebody, but also through my own experience of trying and realizing that it doesn't work. It do, Most of the time when you give someone advice, they're just not going to do it 
because you're suggesting something that they're not already doing themselves and you're not some you're not god and you're not some expert so you give them advice i'm thinking of a very specific example right now when somebody has like an abusive boyfriend or something like that and you just say well you should leave him just leave him but there's a reason they haven't already it's, yeah it's never that simple and you can just say that over and over but they're not going to do it in a lot of cases i'm not i'm not saying you should never say that of course blah 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 i'm just trying to make a point that very often people are not going to take your advice and that's been my experience let's say i've given advice a thousand times in my life 999 of those times people haven't taken the advice and it's not because they're not smart enough to take the advice it's just because i didn't fully understand their situation and and the momentum they're in and all i'm trying to say right now the point i'm trying to make is that it just is usually not productive to tell someone what to do because you can't change people and there's a reason they're not doing it already and you don't understand it. And I think from an outsider's perspective, it's impossible to fully comprehend someone else's situation. No matter how much you think you understand it, it's impossible for you as an outsider to understand it and actually give the advice they need. Yes, there's so many variables you don't understand. Even if we're just using that abusive boyfriend situation, you don't understand the social circles, you don't understand their home life, you don't understand the good parts he's bringing to the relationship, you don't even understand how she feels in her body day to day. There's so many things you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, I think that may be a good spot to cut this off and tease next week's episode. Handsome Jake will be joining us again. Very exciting. Oh, so handsome. We're going to dive. He, he recently competed in a, a Naga tournament. So we're going to talk about kind of the psychology behind that. And it's something Kyle and I can both relate to as we've done it in the past. And Naga Jiu-Jitsu, by the way. Naga Jiu-Jitsu. And it's something I may be doing in a couple months. Cool. Awesome. So um, we're going to dive into that a bit. Great conversation tonight. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Kyle, do you want to just wrap up and talk about that giveaway once more? Yeah, I was going to do that. Yeah, just reiterate. Um, if you are interested in getting a free month of Patreon and seeing uh, blog posts, singly negative podcasts where we talk solo and I don't know, possibly dick pics. Um, it's, it, yeah, we'll see. Uh, just give us some feedback R respond to us on instagram or the email what is it doubly negative pod at gmail.com yeah send us a question or some feedback something that we can go off of um and we'll pick the best three and we'll give you a free month of patreon not only do you get a free month of patreon um if we like your topic we're going to talk about it so if it's something you want our perspective on i mean it's a win-win yeah, that's the whole point. We, yeah, we're looking for content and we love engagement from listeners. And also, we've been talking a lot this week, Chris, in our own group chats about how things have been going. And we've been really excited by the number of downloads and the number of listeners. Uh, I've been on, this is my fourth podcast, I think. And uh, I, I've never gotten the amount and the, the positivity of feedback that we've gotten so far. So it is really exciting and it's encouraging. And to keep that going, um, more engagement is always better. So when, when you guys talk to us, when you tell us what's going on, positive or negative too, I don't want just positive feedback. Like if, if you look at the gang gets criticized, that all came from one fairly negative response so it's all good all, all engagement is good and we have grown from that negative response i think since we've gotten that our content has gotten a lot better personally speaking uh i think so yeah yeah so like we're open to critiques we we want to have these conversations uh we look forward to them so here's your chance to profit off of your feedback and questions so 
Yeah, pod at gmail.com or just send either of us a DM on uh, social media. So, yeah, cool. Until next time. All right. See you next week. Bye. This is life being bound to love.